0: Hey, what's up, guys? I'm here, at Mr. Warren Marlow. Mr. Warren Marlow, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing
1: good. How about
0: yourself? I'm doing pretty well, man. Um, thank you for joining me. I appreciate this, brother.
1: Oh, no problem.
0: No problem. All right. So uh, you have a podcast as well, man? Can you tell me about that?
1: Yeah, man. Um, uh, Buzzing with Marlow. Uh, actually, debuts back for season three, Friday. Um. Basically, it just started out as a podcast, just to, um, just kind of like how I did my wrestling career. Basically, I uh, just wanted to try it out. Uh, thought it would be something fun to do and go to figure. I find put more devoted time into it, and it became a very high profile thing that people have seemed just to really enjoy. Uh, what the catchphrase is basically how it is is just having a chat with new guests Um, we talk about wrestling anything in general um we kind of alienate away from the politics talk i mean it's just it can rub off on so many different ways but yeah man i mean i've had some awesome guests on in my past i've had former authors uh motivational speakers uh actually independent wrestlers also um a lot of cool things gonna be coming up, especially for season three.
0: Yeah, man, I'm I'm definitely listened to your podcast. It's, it's a great show. So if if you like podcasts, listen to Buzzing with Marlo. Um,
1: it's it's a great show with a great host. So check that out. I appreciate. It. And like I said, season three will start on Friday. The first episode will be uploaded first thing in the morning.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely excited for season three, man. I'll definitely check that out. Um, you mentioned your wrestling career. Um, so my podcast—it's—it's it's almost like the same thing. I basically talk about wrestling. Um, I have wrestling guests on, mostly from the independent circuit. Um, you were in the Indies as well, correct? Yes, sir. Um, now, can you talk about your time in independent circuit? You know, how do you uh, compare that to not uh, today's wrestling from your time to, um, compared to today?
1: Um, there's a lot to go on through that, but um, circuit. Uh, you find out wrestling. Wrestling itself is is changed, but old school mentality is very, very highly big in what we call the independent circuit. Um, I was once the guy that used to believe I had to have the best match on every single night. And then, obviously, me progressing longer into the wrestling business, you realize you just need to do it smart. Right. Biggest saying is less is more. That is definitely highly suggested because (laughs) you get burnt out from it, but your body will appreciate you so much more if you just just follow and just follow with the crowd. Make sure you listen to what the audience is, is popping for. Um, you learn a lot of obstacles when you get into this business. I, I'll just end it on that part. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man. It seems like you had a, a great career. You know, um, you definitely learned a lot.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I loved every minute of it. Um, do I miss it all the time? Yeah. But also... And And that's that's basically what my metaphor has always been. I wanted something that could be something bigger for my family. Um, We almost got that shot, but me being that guy that wanted to be the best man on the card, obviously, even if you made your arrangements and you change your game a little bit, still your body – swells up from your past. I mean, you just can't avoid it. And it kind of affected uh, my livelihood for a little while. So I just had to basically part my ways with it. But, yeah, man, I absolutely miss it every single day.
0: Yeah, I definitely understand that, man. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your career, man. What was your favorite thing about wrestling? Was it the promos, the matches, uh, the, the other wrestlers?
1: Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing I had to realize what was wrestling was storytelling. Right. Um, I mean, anyone really can do a match if if we want to be real with it. But the storytelling aspect of it was something that was very challenging for me, and it made me want to get better every single time. Obviously, Mike's skills wasn't the best at first, but with the character I had, I didn't have to talk on the mic. And I right. didn't have to be on the mic very long because, I mean, it's an American character. You, And my opinion was I always wanted my actions to sit, be my trademark in the ring. Right. Yes. Did I talk? I Obviously. I mean, anyone really could talk, but I wanted my actions to speak louder than my words in the match. So... Obviously, my character, for the longest time, I thought, OK, I've just got to let this bad guy just beat the living tar out of me and just keep fighting, keep fighting resiliently, keep fighting, keep going, never stop it. And that's what we've got to with the metaphor when I first started. And then I started learning what crowd monitoring is. And let me tell you, it definitely changes the game up when you really can read what the crowd is feeling what the crowd wants um how the crowd how you sell yourself to the for them to invest in you to get the energy up i've learned from calling for the crowd to cheer for me for and then to where the crowd actually cheers for me and i'm not saying a word right that's the part where you know you have been able to read the crowd because when i first started I was begging for the crowd to cheer for me. USA, USA. Right. But later on in the year, the crowd just started saying it without me even saying anything. And my goal was, yes, I'm an American character, but I want more out of it. I don't want just the normal USA chance. I want AP. Let's go AP. I want – that's where you know you've solidified yourself when they actually call you. And, yes, I'm an American gimmick, but – I want more than just the basic USA chant because I mean, anyone can do that. Anyone can do this character if you want to do it that way. But I learned from, from veterans. You get people to change AP American prodigy. That's when you know your gimmick is being solidified. That's when you know you are changing it up because I tell people all the time when I was doing this was I wanted to be different. So instead of me carrying a flag, walking out, carrying a flag, I put it on my hands. I did it on the gloves. Even though AJ Styles has been doing it for so, so, so long, he was not in WWE. He was not on the main exposure stage. So I took advantage of it a little bit. <laughs> and then he me <laughs> on the Royal rumble, literally not even after the end of my first year tenure. So it's like, oh, crap, now I'm going to be called your copy and AJ type scenario. But, yeah, man, so it was just the main thing I loved about was the storytelling aspect and how it can be effective for crowds. So, say, like, emotional-wise, say, like, if someone lost their job or their money, to come watch you. Basically escape for that for the two hours the hour or whatever how long the show is so that was one thing that really intrigued me.
0: Right, it brightens their day, man. Um, can you can you describe the under uh, American Prodigy character? Um, <laughs> a, a, lo- a lot of this, I think, when I look at your character, it kind of reminds you of Captain America a little bit. <laughs> Um,
1: have you ever been compared to Captain America? <laughs> oh man, numerous times, numerous man. times. Um, I got a mixture of Captain America, the American Spider Man. Um, obviously, Deadpool was thrown in there a lot. Um, <laughs> we kind of like you know how like Jericho done the little list thing and he would and he would space it out and say it, like you'd right. be you'd be scared of the it. Uh I made it to where if you said deadpool was, like saying a bad word to me. So and then I kinda even I even did a little bit more extra with it. I was like, you know what? If people going thinking think I'm Deadpool, you know what I'm Deadpool's good brother type scenario. So like I kept going with the crowd with it and people I had to show proof that I had license to the mask because I got numerous chance. Marvel's gonna sue you, chance. So I was like yeah. <laughs> so but yeah man i got that one my favorite one was american power ranger i really thought that one was pretty creative um and obviously um that was thrown in there as, but i was like look i'm not that 10 and i had that so honestly, <laughs> no quick yeah man Damn, um, so that's even the funnier part
0: What's that last one? I said I'm
1: even taller. Oh, yeah. Suggestion.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, it's definitely a cool character. Like, like when I look at the American prodigy, you think of an American hero. You think mm-hmm. of uh, somebody that the kids look up to. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I could see the comparisons between you and Rey Mysterio, because Rey Mysterio um, is, is somebody also that the kids look up to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, it, oh, yeah, yeah I, I could definitely see the comparison, Um, which is good to be compared to somebody like that. But in the end, you want to kind of be your own person as well. Mm-hmm. So Yeah,
1: that's and I feel like that's one thing a lot of people in wrestling lose their self in the shuffle a little bit is they look at it as, say, like if someone was wanting to be compared to Shawn Michaels. They're looking at it as, okay, i got to watch all Shawn Michaels matches. I've got to do his moves. I've got to do something, but i got to make it better. I'm like, no, you need to do your own thing. You need to stand out. And that's one thing I see so many wrestlers that are great talent, great talent, but get lost in the shuffle just from being a shadow of somebody that's been in the past. And I tell them all the time is like – You need to make it your – do not be anybody else. You need to be yourself, and that's one thing, like, I literally – I really made very diligently and heartedly about my character, and I took so much – I was really selfish when it came to some things on decision-wise, especially when it came to my character, was just because – That was my baby. That was my solidification to make it to what I wanted it to be. Um, Obviously, there were some matches that I did not agree to on some things just because I felt like it was killing my character. And, I mean, it it just goes that different ways. It's what makes it meaningful. It's whatever you invest in your character is what you're going to get out of it. And I took so much heart to what my character was. My mindset was when I saw my character was I wanted it to be a superhero. But I wanted it to where if I'm wrestling in my area and stuff like that, people cannot tell it's Warren Marlowe. So right. that's one reason why I started going on the top rope because people knew Warren Marlowe is afraid of heights, completely, scaredly afraid of heights. So when I did that, people were even close. was – was like, I don't know if that's him because he wouldn't have done that. <laughs> and like, right. I even had my mom. I... Tech... Yeah, like, this guy does look like you, but he just jumped off of this thing that was like 15 foot high. Like, you okay? Like, what what's going on here? Did you get kicked off the shuffle? You guys, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely Fred heights, then? Most oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, Since wrestling, obviously, I can't just sit here and say, yeah, I'm afraid of them now because of stuff I've done. But, yeah, I've never been a hype person. Um, but there's a philosophy and metaphor I've got now. The worst case scenario, you just fall. So, right. luckily, <laughs> someone catches you or you're at least jumping above something that's going to save you. That's, that's how I've always seen it now. <laughs> wow, man! So, uh, any ladder
0: matches done in your career?
1: Um, two, two, pretty good, man. Yep. Um, I kind of tried to avoid those.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I could see why. <laughs> but in a, in a way, that kind of helps your character, though. Um, the American Prodigy, I think, you know. Um,
1: if c- it's c- properly done right, if it's right. properly done right. Then yes, but like how we just went through when we were talking about being compared to people, shadowing whatever. Somebody in a ladder match. You have to do everything in the kitchen sink in this match, and you right. oh you got to jump off this ladder. You got to do it like three or four times. I I want to jump off this ladder and do a moonsaw or something like that. And I'm and I've been highly on like if it makes sense, yes but we're not doing 50 spots off the ladder. And right. you, get, you get people that are like, all right, we're going to do one thing, and then all of a sudden when you get in that crowd, it, it's a whole different game because then you're just like – either you got lost or you're like, oh, man, I was just in the – felt like I needed to do it. Like it it, it goes back and give or take scenario. So it's just like if, if it's <laughs> – just some what I call the adrenaline junkie come in there and want to play around, then it's hard no for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean man, uh it looks like you definitely had a good career though, from the stories you're telling and and being compared to guys like Rey Mysterio, you know, that's a that's a big thing for you
1: as a character.
0: Um mm-hmm. Did you ever turn heel in your career at all? Were you always a babyface?
1: Oh face? no, no, no! They said I was the the Captain America, so no, you you couldn't do that to me. Because I remember,
0: you know, um, like Sergeant Slaughter turning heel, and like uh, you know some others. But um, were there ever any plans to turn you heel at all? It was I a had face. some
1: ideas of it, but. When it came to me training as to be a bad guy, it just did not flow well. Um, Promo-wise, I think I could have been a great heel when it comes to promo-wise, just from just the anger and just stuff because I was over. And, of course, the heel turn would have been very monumental and people would have remembered it, but – the continuancy was been a different aspect of it. But, yeah, obviously I could have turned heel. Um, I had an idea of where I was going to do like a punk type scenario thing where I would take the mask off it, but I would still wear somewhat type of the gimmick, but just wear it in black. And where you just show, okay, yeah, I'm still the American, but I'm tired of the BS type scenario. And, yeah. I came up with wanting to be a heel when it was almost the ending tenure of my career. But I love putting smiles on the kids. Man, That was my thing. I I lived for so much. My son, he saw me as like a big superhero. So I didn't want to be a heel. Right. <laughs> to my child, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's great, man.
0: When your kids see you as a hero like that, it's kind of hard to turn heel, even if it's, you know, if you, even if that's, if that's what, you, what you want to happen, you know, it's kind of hard to do that with your kids, but. Yeah.
1: But, and man, plus, uh, man, I, I love being the guy. I love being the good guy. Um, I love the feeling when you go out to the curtain and you just chance, man. You, I, I tell people all the time, Done in my past, all it would earn—I mean, the pop would have been worth it—but it's temporary. But man, when you come out of that curtain, there's just no experience that I've had in my past, present, future, whatever you want me to say. That to the crowd, there's no feeling like it. It don't matter if it's fifty thousand people. It doesn't matter if it's a thousand people. Even if it's ten people, that adrenaline. You can't compare it to anything
0: else. Yeah, it, it's definitely great to f- get uh, feed off the fans, man. Um, they definitely uh, make wrestling what it is, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Especially with the year we had with fans being out of the arena, um, I'm sure for a lot of wrestlers today, you know, that was hard mm-hmm. uh, performing without fans because, like I said, that you know they they the fans are what make wrestling.
1: Exactly, I totally agree with you on that. And major props. Because I tell myself all the time, I couldn't have done it with my character base that I was. Crap. I lived off the chance, the booze, whatever you want. I lived off of that. So major props to everyone that has still been continuing on, even with the COVID era, because that would have been, in my mindset, I would have been like, yeah, I could not do what I was doing. For like a training match, because those were really what when you have no crowd, that's usually what we call them as dark matches or training matches. So for them to actually have to. Show shows, major props to them, because that has got to be a different mindset, because you learn. I think people don't realize with the new crowd thing, you knew what the aspect of how real of a wrestler they were. And, I mean, obviously the WWE, AEW, and all them you they had to really study what the aspect of not only storytelling is, but learn how to be kind of like a soap opera because you're not getting crowd. You're not getting fans chanting. So it's a different mileage because now if the camera's on you, now you got to learn how to watch it where you, the camera's not showing you talking to the other opponent or – Where the camera is not showing you (laughs) selling in a very inappropriate type terminology and things, obviously we saw from uh, some of the shows. Oh, we gotta figure out find new sound to bleep out what's going on on here. So, just major props to them on that because it was definitely, I'm pretty sure, a very challenging moment for anyone in the wrestling business. Uh,
0: of course. I mean it's it's hard on the fans because you know you want to be in the arenas. It's it's hard to, you know, sit at home and watch it. Um mm-hmm. with, with the product being how it is nowadays, but you gotta think it's harder for characters probably to get over more without uh, fans in the arena. hmm well, yep. You know, you, you gotta hear them you gotta hear them booze, you gotta hear them cheers. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely probably harder for you know characters to get over.
1: And well, I the I, one thing I'll say was good about wrestling is it was something new. It was something, not a rerun. It wasn't a rewind type scenario, like a blast from the past thing. No, it was in front of you on the screen, in front of the TVs every single week. And I felt like that really helped the rating wise for wrestling for a little bit. Yes, it also killed it, but it was something new. It wasn't like we're watching a rerun of Friends right. for the 90,000 time. We're not watching the rerun of the old Super Bowl game of last year. Like, it was something new in front of you every single time. And I felt like that's one reason why WrestleMania was so special that year because it was in front of you. It wasn't canceled. They didn't postpone it. I mean, how much more real could they tell you that they were going to do this event and they were not going to stop? doing it in the performance center from compared to all the venues that WrestleMania has been in. You're doing it in a developmental training facility. And that was probably when you most viewed WrestleManias in a long time, just because it was there. It was not canceled. It was there. So definitely a challenging time, but definitely something to always remember that WrestleMania. Yeah, it was definitely something
0: new, you know, because like you said, they didn't cancel it. They could have canceled it. Um, So I think with WWE, they definitely went outside of the box with their cinematic matches, especially with the Boneyard match with AJ Styles and Taker. Um, Then they had the Mm -hmm. Firefly Funhouse match with John Cena and Bray Wyatt. So they definitely thought outside of the box compared to like your normal WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. It, It forced them to think outside of the box in a way.
1: Oh, yeah. And like I said, I think it helped develop the characters more that way. Um, Bray Wyatt, for example, I mean, he was the milestone of pretty much the whole COVID era, in my opinion, because he just showed how much more every single week, how creative he can be every single week. And this is one thing that characters fell on so much. And this is one thing I learned in the indies from veterans and stuff. And they said something about my character on this. You find a character that the, the way you know you solidify and made it is when you go in the ring and you don't even have to bump more than once or twice. And I'm not encouraging that at all the time for everybody. But for that's where you know you have made a character for yourself is when the crowd is behind you. And you're not even wrestling. You're not even wrestling more than maybe two bumps, the dominating factor or whatever, but you've made that impact to where the crowd is invested in you and you're not even bumping. That's when you know you've done something. And Bray, he didn't have to wrestle every single week. Um, the Firefly House, I think those promos are probably where the most – Viewed probably most watched on YouTube, uh, WWE Network, whatever network they're on now, Peacock, or all this. I think that was one of the most searched promos in the past is just Bray Wyatt's Firefly. Um, in ways his character when he did The Fiend, it adapted and got to that more global of the Undertakers, in my right, opinion. right. So it's just how you view it and stuff like that. And obviously when Roman Reigns turn and heel. No crowd. It still was something special just because it was something new. And obviously you kept seeing more experiments and there was a lot of hit and fails on both aspects on AEW and WWE when it comes to stuff like that. So. <laughs>
0: Right, right. You mentioned Roman Reigns turning heel, man. He's definitely uh, come up with his promos cuz back when he was a babyface, I remember people used to say about how how bad he was on the mic. He's definitely
1: improved since turning heel, I think. You can't be a bad person on the mic when you're when you're a heel. I mean, honestly, everyone has got a bad side in them. when it, it don't matter who you are. You're expressing how you feel. Especially Roman Reigns, great example. Um, as much as people hated him, he was still a heel regardless. If you really think about it, and Roman even made this very easy to. Like, when people, people asked back. him, when are you going to turn heel? He's like, haven't I already been one? Right. Been good enough to where I was getting the heel status regardless if I was the good guy. Now it's just him now being able to express himself and say how he feels each and every week. Um, For him to use the terminology, (laughs) for him to call John Cena the missionary, that was pretty kind of entertaining in ways because it hasn't been done. It was done the appropriate time, and now if you look at Roman Reigns' as promos, that's probably going to be one of the stamping ones for best promos from Roman Reigns. Is just seeing him being referred to the missionary position. So it's just like, those things, is about timing. And the way Roman Roman has really, is- really took that brass ring to where they have been trying to get him for the last seven years. And I remember one of my best promos is watching John Cena just basically obliterate Roman on the mic. And now, to where it is now, I think Roman has been waiting to get his shot to get back at John. And I feel like now the timing couldn't even be better than where they are now. Because now, I feel like Roman could go up with Cena on the mic. yeah, and Maybe even obliterate him in ways. But, I mean, it's just the timing. And I feel like they got a good story to where they are now. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this is going to pan out.
0: Yeah, it's definitely interesting with with SummerSlam coming up and you get to see, you know, John Cena and Roman Reigns are on the back a little bit. But Rolls Reverse, you know, they were both baby faces at the time. But like you said, Roman Reigns is basically like the heel because he was getting booed out of arenas constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so it's definitely good to see Roman a heel now. It's what people want. Um mm-hmm. And like you said, I think Roman Reigns could, you know, destroy Cena on the mic because of his, of his character now. You know, he he's definitely evolved, and like you said, everybody has a bad side. Mhm. So I I definitely think we're gonna see something special with this feud here coming up.
1: Oh yeah, and I mean, if you if we really want to think of it, Roman is literally being booked like how Brock Lesnar has been booked for, ever, and people give Brock so much crap. But the character, that's his gimmick. Like, that is Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's never been known to be on the mic. Brock Lesnar's never been known for the long, extended matches. Right. But Brock can wrestle. I mean, the dude was in an ultimate fighter. The, yeah. A UFC fighter. Champion UFC fighter. Obviously, his cardio is not questionable. But his jikilitis or whatever it really affected him. But him to actually come back, not only through that, wrestle through that, and you wrestling the top guy in the wrestling company, and you able to do a, a... I would say it was... Um, more respect to you, but Roman Reigns is literally being booked as Brock Lesnar, but the timing the way it is now, people are more happy with Roman Reigns' run right now to what Brock Lesnar's normal, ordinary run would be just because it's different. It's a different person. And like I said, timing. Timing is everything in wrestling. Timing is what we call moving every single time. And for the booking that Roman Reigns is getting right now, even though he's being booked like Brock Lesnar, it's something new. And people are like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing compared to if Brock Lesnar came back and did the exact same run that Roman Reigns is doing every single week, they'd be like, uh, crap, he needs to go, blah, blah, blah. He's not wrestling all the time, like blah, blah, blah. But the person that is on it now, it just changes the game.
0: Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree with you. I think um, Brock Lesnar being booked the way he is is helping him more. Um with characters like Brock Lesnar and and you know like we've talked about Bray Wyatt you know if you ever book certain characters they tend to get stale and i think with Brock Lesnar being booked i think people really aren't tired of Brock Lesnar but if 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 he were booked like Roman Reigns you know that he they would be
1: Mhm yeah i agree with you on that um i mean there's tons of wrestlers i mean the biggest problem i got with wrestling fans and i've said it on a you know on an old, some other podcasts as well, it's just we feel like they know everything about wrestling. They feel like they know every spot in wrestling. They feel like they've been in the ring. They feel like they've bumped, done the bumps, the bruises, and everything like that. People are entitled to their opinion. That's fine. I'm never going to tell people, "Hey, you can't express your opinion about." It. If that was the case. I need to literally just hang up and never say that I was a professional wrestler. Never say I love wrestling or anything because if I'm not going to let people express how they are, that is what wrestling is. Wrestling is for fans to express their feeling, their love, whatever they want. I mean, they're paying their hard earned money to watch this great sport that we have cherished for so, so many, 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 many years. And people, had, and then obviously the wrestling body build change has changed drastically we're not in the superhero era anymore What i mean by that is we're not into the 290 300 pound big solid muscle buff guys like these giants now yeah. we're in the era where we're in the bret harts the Shawn michaels body build type scenario like We've got the guys that are now the face of the brand where they've got a full six pack, not just a one big muscular one pack. Like it's a, and it's the figure that everybody has been like always thinking the superhero build. So, and anyone, like I said, anyone can wrestle. It's just what changes you can do in it. And I feel like wrestling now, WWE in general, the NXT era. Um, Everyone's good. Everyone's good on that roster. Every single one of them. Even the guys on the main roster. Every single one of them. But the thing that drives me nuts is what the crowd will sit here and say, oh, they're not pushing him. They're not doing this. Is it really that or just your character? There's so much talent. There's so much athleticism. It's hard to put it all on one card. Right. And – WWE has got favorites, and I mean, we've seen it clearly. There's guys that they push to just to make the crowd happy, and there's some that they they push because they believe that they are that person for them. So, and then yeah, and then it, obviously the cuts come in, and one of your favorites get cut because oh, he didn't get his opportunity or whatever. No, it's not that. It's just there's so much talent and I think a, a former uh, episode that I've seen on a podcast where they were talking about Vince McMahon doesn't see AEW as competition, I agree with them on that because AEW has not been there this long yet. Yes, they are doing great. Every episode doing great, show after show, but they're only on 100 episodes now. WWE is on <clears throat> whatever.
0: Oh, yeah, numerous episodes.
1: So, obviously, has AEW got to that competition level to where WWE are? No. No. But they're growing. And and I think Vince is challenging them also when he's doing these release cuts because the one thing that I hold dearly what AEW expressed and said on podcasts and said on video and stuff for proof is they're not going to hire every WWE release Superstar, and they're going to give talent for independent workers. Yes, they have done that in ways, but every single time WWE has released somebody, how shocking is it that they're going straight on to TNT in two days? Right.
0: Yeah, we've seen that with um, Aleister Black, Malachi Black, you know, um, who else? Andrade. Um, Mm -hmm. We we mentioned Bray Wyatt earlier. Bray, Bray Wyatt was just released about on saturday july 31st mm-hmm. so there's possibility he can go to aew soon um what are your
1: mm-hmm. thoughts on that i mean wrestling itself you have to learn what a turn-on switch and a turn-off switches and obviously you look at some of the things that bray has had in his past it's been affecting um mental health is a serious thing and i've Used to brush it off for us for a long time, and it hits me in ways, too. So I feel like Bray, after he gets himself back on his own feet, um, obviously Bray just had a child born around this time. Uh, I mean, anyone has family problems. That's one thing about wrestling. I felt like wrestlers have tough skin for so much and they just don't know how to express themselves. That's where I go with that topic, mental health. Yep. Um, I would love to see Bray Wyatt on AEW, but do I see him bringing the fiend on AEW? No. No, no, not at all. But AEW is a good platform for Bray? Absolutely. But I think WWE is probably just going to give him – I think WWE is at that point where they're just giving him Rick- – what, what he needs gonna. to do with him. He- and probably they're gonna probably resign him. I would say in the next four months, WWE has been known to do that for so long. So, I mean, he never left on bad terms that I know of. So, I mean, he can go anywhere. I mean, Bray is right. that creative? Yes, and, he is. He, he, he is, is. is
0: such a unique character too.
1: And um, if he does yeah, go to yeah. AEW, like you said, what's that? I said definitely is something different to bring to the table for wrestlers.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something unique. You think back to, you know, Taker's days, you, you know, a lot of people are comparing him to Mankind as well because Mankind mm-hmm. played three different characters as much like Bray Wyatt is doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, if, like, and, and if you said if he does go to AEW, you know, um, he won't take the main character with him. So uh, we'll be sure to expect something new as well. Mm-hmm. And something like Bray Wyatt being as, as creative as he is, You know, him creating something new shouldn't be a problem. Him having a new character shouldn't be a problem because he's evolved so much with all these other characters he's had before Mm. as well. So My
1: thing also with the AEW scenario, Tony Khan needs to know where his budget limit is because, yes, it's great that you keep signing these awesome talents after another, after another, but you're also a a part owner of an NFL program. And I just feel like in the longevity standpoint, and I think that's what Vince is looking at it too, is you're putting so many plates on on your table. There's only so many table, so many plates you can stack at one time. Right. So I feel like that's where Vince is like still at that point where he's like, oh, AEW is there, but we'll see probably in the next three years if they are there or not. And I feel like that's one thing – Tony's got this moment now to where he's catering the fans and it's helping, but it also, in ways, I feel like that might actually hurt the product in the long run. Great example. I feel like that's what happened with WCW.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you, man. Um, he's definitely, uh, like you said, he's, he's definitely signing a lot of contracts with WWE, taking a lot of their talent. Um, with AEW being a three-hour show, obviously everybody can't be on. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who gets put over, who gets you know lost in the shuffle with that roster as well.
1: It's just it's based off of character, character development. development. And it's yeah. just based off of what you can bring differently to the table. And obviously there's numerous talent that I've even been in the ring in with and I've been able to share shows on and stuff like that with. And it's glad to see that these guys are getting the exposure that they deserve for so long. But definitely. Also, the camera angles and stuff like that on some of the AEW matches that were supposed to have been very monumental, they're catching the wrong scenes to it. How many yeah. times do we see a WWE show where they're showing an Inferno match, whatever, and they getting burnt by a sparkler or something like that? Yeah, not, uh, much it's like it's
0: AEW. It. AEW did a match like that, I believe, not long ago with John Moxley. Mm-hmm.
1: And, no, the Jericho match where he got thrown off the cage or whatever and he fallen in cardboard. And yeah. And the fans pulled it out on that. That's where you know you've got to change it up. That's where you know you've got to be more better on camera angles because that kind of probably just ruined your match. That match was a show stealer in general, but that spot right there can affect the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree, man. Um I it's funny you mentioned that because I actually just talked about that in one of my previous episodes, Jericho falling off that cage and you know, fans spotting that out. Um it, yeah, it's real funny you mentioned that because that that's things that like fans can spot out. You know, if you're not careful Ooh. enough pulling it off, you know, fans will call you out now. I think that's um, you know, fans are very vocal on social media nowadays.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you do something wrong, you're you're definitely gonna get called out for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Not only in just in wrestling in general, it's everything. Fans yeah. matter. This is fans' product. This is fans' time to express how they feel, what they feel, what what excites them, what they look forward to, and stuff like that. And I feel like when you do something like that, do I feel like they need to change it? No, but you need to change the camera angle and stuff on stuff like that because right. you something that's gonna look like that and give that in that impact feeling. Um, I feel like with that you you mentioned about Moxley, um, that an exploding, exploding ring or something. Sorry. I. I it was exploding barbed wire. Yeah, something like that. Oh, it was exploding barbed wire. And it didn't even make an effect. It it matches, board, you, you, know. you can sell that product, but also protect your talent. And right. they had that moment to where they could have made something out of it. If anything, they could have made Pyro go off the top of those ring po- posts. Like when Kane comes out to the ring in WWE. All you had to do was just have something like that impact to make it feel like, and John, as great of a talent he is, I'm sure he could have sold it like he got burnt somehow. I mean, seeing some of his old past matches and stuff from him on the indies and stuff, obviously take crazy outrageous hits or bumps or whatever you want to call it. Um, There was just little things that they can change, and I feel like, AEW's gotten to that point to where they're getting so highly big and popular or whatever but it's starting to be a continuous thing with these big marquee matches where something is making it to where it's like you make a 10 star out of it and it drops down to like an 8 or 7 or 6 because it didn't look real because the ending factor wasn't what it was meant for what it was set obviously if we look at it oh there's a death match and I feel like that these Nick Gage matches, whatever, it's just because oh they look real because he's hitting people with light tubes. That's something different. You're not, you don't ever really watch somebody hitting people with light tubes on national TV. So obviously it's something new, and people are like, oh my gosh, now you watch those matches. It's a little bit different than watching these death matches or watching. Um, the exploding rings or right. board. Be- so, right. Like to made that match different because you're not seeing that regularly because usually when you watch weapons come in a match, it's kendo sticks and steel chairs. Now we've gotten to the era now to where it's like, yeah, the steel chair pops. We're not allowed to do that anymore. So we got to change that up. So we're going to do light tubes and it, And it will change the atmosphere a little bit just for being something that's not been seen often. So it's just stuff that it's hard to do with wrestling because it's you've seen so much different things. You've seen so many different types of wrestling, so much different types of matches and stuff like that. And I feel like that's where everyone's getting to that drought spout. And wrestling, any sport or anything in general, has always had a drought. And no matter what season, a year, you're always going to get in that dry drought moment, especially when sports, when that sport is a continuous thing every single week. So obviously you're going to have those weeks where it's just like, "Uh, it wasn't as good as last week. Uh, They kind of dropped the ball on this one. I mean, it's just the repetitiveness is where it's hard to keep type scenario so i mean these new type matches they're cool and stuff like that it changes a little bit but do it the right way because fans ain't gonna bs you (laughs) (laughs) i guess that's the best way to put it fans are not gonna bs you
0: yeah i definitely agree man um fans are very vocal about uh Wrestling nowadays with Twitter, Instagram, they'll call you out on it if it's not done right. I think, you know, AEW being as new as it is, I think they need to be more careful um, with how they're presenting their product with matches like yeah. this. Um, I, I'll say, what, how do you feel about how AEW's been doing? Um, some of the things they're doing I like. Some of the things they're doing I don't. Like Um, last week they had Kenny Omega on there. For This is, for example, Um, they came out shooting hoops for the basketball and everything it it didn't make sense he was a heel um i i don't agree with that just it's just little things they're doing like like the bar wire match for example um that didn't go off as well um they had a a musical at Chris Jericho MJF i mean as far as the matches go the matches are good like the matches are decent that you know mm-hmm. um depending on who's in the ring but um storyline wise i don't really know how i feel
1: it's um, like they're not as creative to what, they, what they're getting out when it comes to the fans. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to give us something new. I get that. But um, it's like the storylines they're telling is not grabbing your attention enough. And that's what I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, when, when they're signing new talent, new talent comes on yes that grabs your attention but it's like okay what are they going to do with this talent you know how are they going to put it into a storyline how are they going to tell a story
1: all the release talent that wwe has had in the past um really Wait. has really stepped and been more exposed on aw compared to what they were on WWE.
0: yeah that that's true man um If anything, you know, I think the talent that's been more exposed is is probably Malachi Black to me,
1: Alistair Black. Um, Because he's something new. It's something he's still new, new. But any of the other guys like Rusev or what they call Miro and stuff like that now. To where they are now compared to they were in the machine of WWE. Or are they still basically getting the same thing, it's just in a different – They're be being more creative with their character?
0: Well, see, the booking with Miro. Um, I didn't really care for his booking on AEW. I didn't really think of it as being different from his booking from WWE. I think now, within the last few weeks, I think he's been booked better with winning the TNT championship because in the beginning he was just basically like a manager kind of, Um, it seemed mm-hmm. like. So I think now they're finally doing something with Miro that's it's it's more meaningful probably to him and to everybody else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now that they're doing something with him. Um. So yeah, he's definitely one of the big he no names.
1: Contact. He had that what? no t- contact clause for ninety days too, so that's yeah. probably one reason why he was a manager. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's probably why you know I I keep forgetting about that ninety day con uh, no compete contact. So.
1: They don't play with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: that's that's true, man. They don't. <laughs> um, yeah, we've we definitely seen talent come over. Um, it, it may take four or five months, but they'll get
1: there. <laughs> I'll say one thing about WWE. Their women's wrestling has definitely been the milestone compared to the women in AEW. Don't. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the women on AEW are good, but I feel like they're doing way too much to get the exposure that they're going to do. And I feel like with Britt Baker being that title holder for them now, I feel like that can get them to a level to where they need to be. But I feel like they might get burnt out at the end.
0: For WWE or AEW?
1: Uh, the AEW girls. Because yeah. I feel like they're taking the- – right now and with any wrestling company now other than WWE is they're looking at what their strengths are and what they need to improve. And they're only looking at it as, okay, Kenny Omega is our champion and it's Kenny Omega. He is the guy that was built new Japan on the map, stuff like that. We're keeping him to, his his atmosphere and like how you just said about the little basketball thing it just didn't make sense that was corny you didn't understand why he was doing it because they were heels and stuff like that and that's where i question when they go and go oh kenny omega is the rick flair of this generation
0: yeah because you wouldn't see a hill doing that you wouldn't see if you look at the hills from back in the day or from even like 10 years ago, you wouldn't see heels doing that. Um, So to me, it really didn't make any sense. What's that?
1: If if we really want to be technical on this, heel-wise, it's okay to be goofy and stuff like that. That's one thing people's mindset, when they go with, oh, heel is a bad guy, they see it as they can't be goofy, they can't do this. No, I've seen more better heels – there are corny, goofy characters, then oh, just mean, ruthless son of a guns. Because it's a different look, but you have to do the timing. The timing is what's gonna change that. And for you to sit here and say the if there's no meaning toward it, then that means that their investment into that story, whatever, they didn't they didn't sell the fans on, okay hinting about a basketball thing, maybe doing like a little Space Jam song or something just to entice it to get the crowd to like, kind of like get slowly invested in it. So that's the problem that when I feel like when it comes to AEW, when they go and throw their hits at WWE is from, they look at it as, okay, our ratings are better than that our ratings are skyrocketed. We're, we're at 1.6 million. Like, yeah, that is a huge accomplishment. That's awesome. But they're also seeing it as, oh, man, the crowd, Johnny got this video of Jericho bumping into cardboard. Um, but the match was great. The match was great. And I feel like Tony is at that milestone where his, high, his head's getting that feeling like, okay, yes, we're going to cater to the crowd. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But when they also do that, it's also hurting them in ways, too, because now their creative mindset is, okay. we're just got to figure out how to please the crowd. But with them having that cardboard incident, now they're going to be like, we got to really use the Titan Tron next time. We got to use the (laughs) metal thing now because now we got to make this more real. And now you're putting your talent at risk. You're putting your your camera guys, other than you just having that mindset, oh, I could just have that camera guy put a different graphic or something into it, they're at that, whereas, oh, we got to actually have the Tron next time. We can't BS this thing next time. We can't do that, period. No. Now it's like, oh, we. not only are you getting sued by the wrestler that you had do this, now <laughs> – you, you're in a spot where it's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Maybe we could have done something better. And I feel like that will also be their making. In the long run, it's just how they keep taking critiquing. If you, you can't take, take critique in a, in a good what perspective anyone gives you, you're not meant for this business.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree, man. Um, they'll definitely take a few hits. I. But I think you know as many mistakes as Aew's made, they definitely have ways of bouncing back it seems like with because they signed Milchi black, they got a big pop um and, and certain things that cage match they did, you know the ending okay, yeah, they need to be more careful, but like you said, it was a good match um, mm-hmm. so I think um like you said if if they could uh critique it and and you know learn from their mistakes, I think they'd be good.
1: But here's the thing also, like how you keep saying about Malachi Black, which we know him as Alistair Black. Right. Um, if they have Cody win this match, are you even going to care about how good that match is? Or are you going to be like, oh, Cody just buried
0: him? Well, yeah, that's the thing about Cody, man. Um, he's definitely, as soon as you get a new signing, man, he's definitely the first one to jump on wrestling that guy and, and whether it's going to be interesting to see whether Cody puts him over or not.
1: See that that's the problem we have though. And that's one thing where I'm talking about when we're catering to the fans on that scenario is we're not just enjoying the match for the match, right? We're already putting 10 steps ahead to where we're already looking at it as, Oh, if Malachi loses this match, that means Cody. That's terrible. They're doing this. They're doing that. Because everyone was behind Cody. Everyone was behind Cody. I love Cody's character. Do I feel like he needs to slow down on the promos and not do the Are
0: you there? Okay, we have a technical difficulty, I think. Uh, Warren, you there? I think we lost some connection, man. Um, I don't know what happened, so we'll try to get him back on here. I'll be good, but now,
1: he okay. on Cody, now because he wants to win matches, like, yeah. honestly, like, you gotta pick a side, whatever. But now, and we have, we're just saying, like, oh, the release guys are always wrestling against Cody. Why not? Because now Cody's showing, in his mindset, he's showing where he could show people what these guys can do. Um, Did anybody really even care to know who Darby Allen was until he wrestled Cody the first time? Does anybody really realize the match that he had against Miro, had a match against uh, Lance Archer? Lance Archer's build going in against Cody Rhodes you always was wondering like what's next? What's gonna happen? Like, oh my gosh, this guy looks like a monster. He's got Jake the Snake Roberts as his manager. So obviously that's a great start for him. Like this guy's gonna be the game changer. This guy's gonna be the main event guy. Now, Lance Archer now is finally getting a little bit of credibility again when he's winning the what's it, the US title from New Japan? I believe so. He won it from Moxley, I believe. Okay. So he how much did he get lost in the shuffle when he first wrestled Cody? Right. Like you didn't really like the monster mindset was kind of built down because oh Cody beat him. Yeah. Like that's the problem that wrestling fans are is the biggest toxic thing when it comes to this is you're not enjoying the match to for what the match is. You're already at the head stepping point to where We're looking at behind-the-scenes type scenario. We're looking at what's the story. We're not not just enjoying the match for what it is. And if we got back to that mindset, I'm telling you, wrestling would be so much better for people. People will be more intrigued with wrestling if they look at it for what it's giving to you in front Don't worry about the backstage politics. The backstage politics is the reason why the company is running, because they are the ones that are doing this. One thing that WWE has a one-up on any wrestling brand and why they've been going for so long is because Vince McMahon knows how to show effect, regardless if it's good or bad. He's always going to have exposure sharing on social media. He's going to have someone talking about regardless if it's good or bad, you're still talking about it. That's where the problem is, where the product is. Oh, and I'm pretty sure this is a great example is if they're getting something badly talked about them, they're defending it, right? They're not embracing it. And you know what? It's talked about. It's giving us exposure. No, they're trying to do whatever they can do to hide it or find something new to fix it that's where I feel like that's going to be the questioning point for them in the long run is how they can deal with continuant bad, bad vibes, whatever, like how they take with the critiquing, because that's either going to be the making or the breaking of them in the long run.
0: Yeah, you're definitely right, man. Um, AEW, they definitely have a lot to, uh, to prove and, it's it's things are gonna heat up between AEW and WWE. I feel I feel within the next few years. I think if AEW can learn from their mistakes, and, and come back and improve. Um. But what are one What's one thing you could see WWE improving on? What's one thing you would like to see them you know kind of improve on going forward?
1: Um. I mean, just the storytelling aspect. Uh. We can only watch the, so many different matches of a story. that, 30 times in the last 12 years. Um, but what I'd like to see them differently, obviously the storytelling. Um, I would love to see wrestlers getting to think outside of the box a little bit, but right. there's also a reason why WWE is what they're programmed to do is because they do it better than anyone. I mean, if we really want to be real, on TV, on two different stations, uh, WWE did definitely take a hit from the COVID era. When you get a Fox deal and the US, the USA deal, getting it to where, oh man, they're about to bring this product back on its feet scenario, and not even three episodes in on Fox, you're on no fan TV. Yeah. It takes a bigger hit on you. So I think in ways, if the mindset of but doing it their own way, I think they're still going to – I mean, do I believe WWE is going to go out of business or anything anytime soon? No. No. If that was the case, WWE would have done that 12 years – I meant almost 12 years ago when John Cena – had his major run because honestly the only thing you really thought about when you watched those was John Cena, Batista, Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, guys like that. You didn't really care for anyone else on that thing. I mean, wrestling was very a good 3 or 4 years. Um, I think I got still on watching it right after Cena won the title.
0: Was that the 16th time or the 15th time? <laughs> You there? Okay, we have another technical difficulty. We'll try to get him back on here. Um, We'll see what we can do here. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, it cut out for a second. I didn't know what happened. Oh, you're good. Go ahead. Um, but yeah, man. Um, you said you got tired of John Cena after he won the title. Was that the 15th time or the 16th time he won it? Because he's won <laughs> it, you know, 16 times. Time.
1: What's that? I loved it at the time where he was actually on that title reign because I mean, it showed something different. You don't see a guy winning the title that long. So it's right. like, okay, that's cool, type scenario. So, it's just something different. It wasn't bad. Sorry. Hold on. My daughter. Oh, you're fine, buddy. Hold on real quick. you good. Come on.
0: He'll be on with us in just a few minutes. But I want to thank you all for listening real quick. Um, this is a good interview with a good guest. And if you can, check out Buzzing with Marlowe with Warren Marlowe. It's a good show with the great host. But I hope you all are enjoying this episode so far. So let's get back into it. That man, dead life. <laughs> hey, that's fine, buddy. Yeah.
1: You're good. But yeah. I mean, when it comes to the wrestling aspect, when John Cena, um, obviously, we saw that the brand was being all eyes on him. Uh, I mean, for some stuff like that. So it was just a different thing. Whatever. So, I mean, other than that, I enjoyed it. So, I mean... Obviously, you saw the brand being catered to Cena for so long, but why wow. not? Because the guy was bringing uh, people were selling his merch left and right. So,
0: yeah, I, I believe he was a top merchandise seller of that time.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm pretty sure anyone in his era, I mean, even me, I so, so everyone has had something merch when it comes to. The cena effect <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I, I definitely agree with you, man. um he was definitely like much like your character, you know, a child hero thats how Cena was booked mm-hmm. as a child hero, people look up to cena um mm-hmm. so yeah, he was definitely you know the 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 top guy in the company around that time, and even though mm-hmm. he's 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 gone on done movies he's still he still can come back and you know be that top guy and be
1: the person people will go to. It's, and that's one thing wrestling, I guess, took a bitter mark when it comes to The Rock is honestly... ...generation of The Rock to me. Do we call him the modern-day Hogan and stuff like that? Yes, but the stuff that Cena's done is literally the same stuff The Rock did his his time in wrestling. Right, and I feel like one guys, there's certain guys that Cena couldn't win over, is the big marquee guys. that like how The Rock could never go over on Stone Cold or fully go over on Triple yeah. different levels. So I always compare The Rock and John.
0: It's a it's a good comparison, man, because you know, like you said, they've had, you know, The Rock is. John Cena has basically done the same thing as The Rock, you know, and The Rock at at, at that time, you know, was the John Cena.
1: Exactly. Uh, 100% on that one. 100%. I mean, for, like I said, how drought wrestling was for a while, Cena was still hitting the towns, taking the bumps. Giving exposure to newer talent. I mean, who would ever thought R-Truth, K-Quick, or whatever way we want to call this man, a main-eventer? Make people believe that R-Truth really could have been a main-eventer. Right. Um, I mean, Cena Cena was the
0: one
1: to cash in on him because at first – Edge was supposed to cash in and not win the title. Oh, so, really? yeah. I, I didn't mean, know that. I actually had that on his documentary where he, he said, said Cena begged Vince to get an opportunity to this. So, yes, there is guys that Cena is probably buried in the past if the people want to use that. Interest in of what? And, I mean, mean – the brand took a shot on Edge. and you know what was he was. Edge, Edge. Ben. How? Edge. The platform for. When, when this wrestling, wrestling was so drought. Because Edge was one of the most. For a while. Life. For a while. I mean. Going from a guy that just could be a good, good. wrestler. To being like. This guy really can be somebody. This guy yeah. really Can. I can really watch this show every week and be like, man, I want someone to whoop him. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's where you know you've got a good heel in a baby face is now scenario where you can get somebody get someone and get the fans behind someone to just watch to yeah, this bad guy. And it's run. run. Not think about Edge. You cannot think itch. about Randy Orton because those two guys really helped Cena in the long run. Because the feuds that those two those guys had with him and even with uh Mark. Yeah. Those feuds really, really made Cena to who he is today.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Edge, man. Edge was such a good heel around that time. Such a good heel on the mic and the ring. He he just he played that role well. Mm-hmm. And I think with having Lita by his side at the time, I think it, it really helped him out.
1: It changed, you know? it. it changed it in ways. And plus with them having their backstory, story. The backstage yeah. story about with obviously Edge and Lita having mm-hmm. a relationship outside of the business, it actually helped Edge's credibility when it comes to being a heel and being more creative. It was something that I would say the comparison would be in with Triple H and Stephanie. Yeah. Um, it gave a different outlook on it, and it was two different people. Obviously, Triple H, I never believed Triple H could have been a good guy. Never in my mind, never could believe that Triple H was a good guy. Triple H will always be the greatest heel that's ever been in wrestling, in my opinion. Oh, even definitely yeah. in WWE. Yeah. H brought the rock music back, the punk rock look. To where you can make it look cool, like it, like people would wear his t-shirts, like how you would see t-shirts being sold at rock concerts and Hot Topic, at most merch sales. So it gives a different look to products. And like I've said, Cena and Edge's matches very, very good. good. I mean, I can't name one match they've had to wear. was okay. Like, they had pretty very good – I mean, we all, like, call it the five-star matches. I would say probably four at the shortest for right. any match that they've had.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, they've had some uh, good matches, you know. With, with Cena returning, it makes you wonder, could we see another Edge versus Cena match down the road? Um, I know they're, you know, older now. That's where we
1: go back. That's where we go back to the part where we're looking more ahead then yeah. what were you? Yeah. And, and I'm telling tell- you, man, if people really could see wrestling, now. it could give you hope to where you might even see that a match that you wouldn't expect is good to be in, oh, my gosh, this was really actually a good match because you're not worried about, oh, what's going to happen next week or what's going to happen in a month? what's going to happen at the pay-per-view you're looking at it and it gives that I would say kind of like a how it's giving and that a little, little salt and pepper that it's always needed given that a little bit even better than when it what was cooked in front of you so if people could just see it a little bit with that there'd be people for people in wrestling.
0: yeah I definitely agree with you man um we're definitely looking forward to pro wrestling, you know, with the fans returning. So this mm-hmm. is, this is definitely going to be something big, but um, um, one last question. I'm going to ask you, cause it's almost time to, time to go here. Um, what advice would you pass down to new wrestlers with your career um, being as great as it was? What advice do you have for new wrestlers coming up?
1: Think outside the box. Um, don't, like how we said in the past, don't be a shadow of someone else. Find something that's going to solidify you for who you are. It's um, good to also, also recharge the batteries in times. Now, you, don't always, you don't always have to stay at one gimmick every single time, but you also don't have to just change gimmick after gimmick after gimmick after gimmick or finisher after finisher after finisher. After finisher. Find a way to what helps you know the crowd, knows who you're presenting it to. Because that's a big thing in wrestling for sure. And I mean, obviously, more than anything, you got to keep grinding. You got to know what the words grind means. It's, I think, Edge presents it more than anything. You got to have the grit. Uh, that. I think it's definitely the two main marquee things that you need to learn when you come into this business is just know what respect and honor is and grit because
0: can say what they anyone,
1: want. anyone can walk in the ring and step in the ring what it's different definitely. when you take in the bumps. And it's different when you're doing it in front of crowds. So the only advice I can tell people is just don't come in this if you don't love it, because it's not a fun thing at first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's great advice, man.
0: Um, you get the nail on the head with that one. If you if you don't love it, don't do it.
1: hmm I mean, it's like a girlfriend, man. You can only deal with her for so long. If if you if you ain't <laughs> loving her after a year and a half, kind of like that time, time. was just like, eh. Maybe this ain't working. (laughs)
0: That's a good one, man. I like that. Um, uh, But I want to thank you for being on, brother. This has been a great conversation. I
1: know I've been hard to reach for a while. I mean, I'm just now finally getting over this COVID crap. Uh, That thing really would not put me over to save my life for a moment. So it's just great that I'm able to talk again. Well, I'm 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 glad you're feeling well, man. I'm glad
0: you're doing better. Yeah, I know this episode it, it we put we planned it for a while, but you know it's good. It's finally here, so it um, gives people something to listen to. Uh, but I want to, yeah. yeah, I want to thank you for being on, brother. Um, God bless you. Take care. Uh, check out Buzzing with Marlow with Warren Marlow. Uh, you you said you have a new season coming, season three.
1: Yep, season three. First episode, we're going to be talking about mental health. Um, I just made the announcement on social media today, so look out for it, man. It's going to be a really good chat. Um, um, Nothing nothing fake when it comes to my podcast is when it shows the expressions and stuff like that. I'm literally how I'm feeling or how I'm talking. Really get in some very hot topics, basically. So, And it's just crazy to see how well it grows every single time. So, yes. Buzzin' with Marlowe season three starts Friday. Um, Austin, I'm also going to get you on in the near future. Okay. So, everyone, look out. And everybody, of course, check out Austin's uh, podcast. This is awesome. Uh, great info about wrestling, knowledge. Um, I know I've been wanting to do this for a while. Obviously, just timing and stuff like that. So, I'm just so glad we were able to do this. But, doing
0: this one today. Yeah. Th- thank you so much for being on, man. Um... I really appreciate it. Like I said, man, God bless you and take care. All
1: right, man. God bless. Thank you.
0: All right. Take care.